Hey friends, welcome back to your favorite homeschool podcast. You're listening to season two of the Friends of Cabrini podcast. Go ahead right now and subscribe on Apple, Google, and Spotify. And make sure you go tell a friend. Hey friends, welcome back to the Friends Community Podcast. You're now listening to a new episode with your host, Jalisa. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Shanine Alicia Young. She is a four-time best-selling author, an educational coach with over 10 years of experience working with youth, and she's very much dedicated to helping educators and other entrepreneurs share their stories in an impactful way. Please help us to welcome her all the way from Atlanta, Georgia. How are you? Hey, I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, awesome. So, so many credits, uh, so many things that you are currently working on and have done. Talk to me about how do you do what you do? How how do you do it? So, yeah, so, um, so my background is in education, so I pretty much... I've been in education for about 10 years. Um, I taught English language arts and um, I I would say about maybe about seven years in, I decided I wanted to, you know, just dive into coaching and, you know, take my teaching to another level. And I, I fell in love with just like publishing books and everything. And then I started helping entrepreneurs and helping educators publish books as an author coach. And, um, yeah, I, I I truly love what I do. I think for me, especially with being a mom and a wife, like just time management is key. Um, being able to set time aside for family and being able to work on my business. And now that I'm doing it full time, you would think I would have <laughs> more time on my hand, but it feels like uh, the days are getting shorter. But yeah, just um, I think every day for me, when I wake up, just being intentional and um, deciding on the top two things that I want to focus on the day instead of like having a bunch of a list of a bunch of things and then nothing gets done. So that's pretty much how I balance all that I do and just the passion behind it. I think because I love what I do, it doesn't make it like a job or a task. It's just something I love. <laughs> yes, I love that. That's so awesome. I think that, you know, the transition from education over to being an author is really great because you have those really cool transferable skills, right? Of public speaking, writing, of of really teaching. And sometimes we probably think like, well, teaching means to, you know, talk in person and and teach and, and show the person directly. But sometimes you can teach us through a book, right? You can teach us through having us read um, a physical book or these days an ebook, right? Um, where you, you were learning and, and so much from you. So that is really awesome that you're currently doing that. And I did hear you speak about your family. You said that you are a mother and a wife, which again, awesome, awesome, awesome. <laughs> because that is going to lead me to my next question for you, which is how do you feel about being a family person? And are you a family person? What does it mean to you? Yes, definitely. Um, I would definitely say I'm a family person. I love family time. I try to be intentional about just like carving that time out, not making it like, oh, well, if it happens, it happens, but being very intentional. And it's funny that you asked this question because before I came down 
um, downstairs in my house to get kind of get ready to be on your show. Um, I was on my laptop and then I have like a reminder that goes off every Friday and it literally says like family day. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, oh, yes, oh, definitely. I was like thinking of ideas. OK, what we're going to do today, because, um, you know, the, the weather has been kind of. Uh, kind of bleak it's been kind of rainy almost (laughs) everywhere so um just thinking of like indoor things that we can do just and it doesn't have to be anything big I think for me family time really just means being intentional about spending that time you know with your loved one so with my husband with my daughter um and she's four right now so she she loves that time she she needs it especially at her age so just yeah just being intentional about um doing fun things together that we enjoy it doesn't have to be a well-planned like extravaganza (laughs) I agree with you I think the intentionality piece is definitely important like for me family time is really you know being present how am I experiencing how am I experiencing um, my my son in this moment you know as a single mom how is he experiencing me like am I just simply there and I'm busy doing other things and he's trying to get my attention or am I really in tune with him and able to connect and bond and I heard you mention you have a four-year-old that must be fun having a four-year-old so much (laughs) energy Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's great you definitely got to be able to physically move around and all these things because you know so many things going on at such a young age but that is so wonderful to hear you speak about um, just truly being intentional with your family. And I think that's awesome. What do you, what would you do like to, you know, or what would you tell a parent who is probably struggling with their kids, right? You might have some folks that, again, as I said, they're there, they're physically present, but they're mentally somewhere else or they're working even while they're in the room with their children sometimes. Because sometimes as parents, we kind of forget, right? Um, especially when we have so many things going on. So what would you tell a parent who is kind of struggling to build that bond with their child and and creating that authentic uh, experience with their child? (laughs) Yes, um, there's there's a lot. For one, something, the very first thing that came to mind is they need to (laughs) get a copy of this book that's called Building, um, Building Bonds, with boundaries um and it's a parenting book actually helped um this client she's an educator as well birthed it and when i tell you like it's some of the stuff like this mentioned i'm like wow i never thought of that and it's it's very transparent just gives you like really um really good practical things to do and even just how you i think the biggest thing is just even how you communicate um with the child as well so sometimes that means for the parents that are listening that you might need to just stop what you're doing um because I know for me like it it, 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 it's it's hard sometimes because like you have all these things on your list and it's like your your child is trying to get your attention and it's like um you have to communicate with them it's all about the the words you use how you talk and literally just and depending on their age because you know of course a younger child's not going to understand some things but I even though my daughter's young she understands when I'm like okay give mommy 20 minutes please um can you do this but I I give her something to do it's not like just give me 20 minutes leave me alone go over there no like no it's all about how you communicate so if you know like you need this time like make sure they're set up 
doing something that you know they enjoy so like if i'm working on my laptop for an hour then i help i take out her laptop and i'm like here you're gonna do some homework and i'll start it off with her you know have a little fun with her then i'll get back to what i'm doing and then like taking breaks in between so it's not just hey i'm working for five hours straight if i'm home and she's just over there or i just have her in front of a tv um no i i don't think that's healthy in my opinion so definitely yeah i think that that's huge communicating with them um, making them feel seen i think is the biggest thing because they don't want to feel ignored even though you're busy um it's okay like we could take a second away and you know and and check and make sure they're good Hmm, I like that. That's very cool. Making them feel seen. How do you, um, you know, how do you design authentic learning experiences? Because I know that you have had the experience of being an educator. And so now that you are also a parent, I'm sure that you may be teaching your daughter some things as well. Um, How do you design authentic learning experiences for her at home or you know, maybe even with some of your former students. So, yeah, I'll touch on both. So with my former students, I think the big key, you know, we always say it, that that word differentiation, (laughs) Um, you know, in education. So especially with when I was in the classroom, you know, um, teaching full time, the, the biggest thing was making sure the authentic, the learning was authentic, was differentiating it. So understanding like, um, you know, their learning style, seeing what they like, see what they enjoy and always having fun with it, trying different um, activities. I was always infusing music, arts and crap, different things to help them learn because some kids enjoyed it more than others. And then some, they're like, no, I'm, I'm really a writer. I want to write it all. So I'm like, can I have opportunity to speak it? I'll present it, you know? So really just um, differentiating that, that learning. Um, And then for my daughter, I think for me, just, just making it fun for her and noticing if there's frustration, then just taking a break, I think. Um, Cause she, I've probably from she was one, she was like already identifying like, um, like words and the pictures and letters. She knew all her alphabets and all. So now we're in the process of like, she's, she's spelling words. She knows how to sound them out. She's like reading. So like me, I think to make it authentic and to make it not like overwhelming, I still have to kind of like, okay, like I want to have my teacher hat on, but it's like, I'm still mom. So I'm like, okay, let me chill a little bit. She, she is going to go back into school. Um, cause now she's actually in school for the first two years. I was kind of, I guess I would say homeschooling her cause I was being very intentional with our schedule and making mm-hmm. sure I did have time for education for her. Um, so for her authentic was really just, um, I think making sure she had fun with it, taking breaks when necessary and, um, yeah, just doing different activities. Sometimes maybe she's like painting when we're doing different things with learning, Maybe we're doing a dance to remember things. Maybe we're singing. So like kind of the same thing I would do with my with my students. But of course, I have to, you know, make it be tailored to her for her age. Yes, I think it's very true that music and dance, it's something about the movement. And I feel like all kids can really just develop um, a love for learning just through there. And you can do so much 
you know, as far as uh, with subjects, you can do so many different mm-hmm. subjects uh, through music and dance or just general mu- movement. But you did mention something that I think is really important as well, which is you talked about understanding their different learning styles. Um, for homeschoolers, typically, we usually like to say, or at least I've heard <laughs> a lot of homeschoolers say that they love to really just observe their child in their natural state and how they're learning and things of that nature. How can you observe a, a, a classroom size of students where you're able to really understand like, okay, this child learns in this manner versus another student who's on the right side of the room? Um, how have you, how were you able to really differentiate that and understanding just the different learning styles with multiple children? Yeah, I think um, always doing check-ins, formative assessments, things of that nature helped me a lot. So after we would go over something, like literally pausing and like kind of like kind of like checking the room, seeing like, okay, what did they get? How did they, you know, how did this person respond? And those that are quick to like participate means, you know, sometimes they got it right away or even the ones that not that aren't participating right away, like still having a way for them to still show me like did they grasp it when I taught it in that way do I need to do it in another way and like kind of like checking in on them and like uh, I think for me incorporating other types of like other than to just like raise your hand like call and responses but different things like I remember I can't remember the name of it but I know it was like um, I would do a lot of these activities after we did something where it would be like on a card I think it was like pixie I can't remember it but it was like um I would have the overboard, the um, the overhead board on, and the questions be on the board, and they literally would hold up a card. It's like an encrypted card, and they know the answer because it's at the bottom. But everyone's card looks different. So if he's holding up C and you're holding up C too, your C and his C might look different if they think the answer choice is C. So I would like take out my phone and scan it, and then that would be a quick way. Like I do two questions like that, and I can see like, oh okay, these ten students, they got it. They and then these other four, they didn't quite get it the way that I showed it. So now I know, okay, after this session, I'm going to go ahead and check, you know, and see how can I, you know, um, break it down a little different or what part were they stuck on that they didn't understand, um, you know. And then from there, then that would show me like, oh, so maybe I need to teach it in another way. They 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 got it last week when I, when I you know, did it this approach or when I added a, a video a jingle, like a vocabulary song or something. Are you enjoying this episode? Remember to subscribe to Friends Cabrini on Google, Spotify, and Apple. So, um, authentic learning, what does that mean to you as an educator and as an author? Authentic learning really just means um, how you, I would say how you or how that student prefers to learn and it's authentic because it's, it's true to, it's true to them, it's true to their learning style. Um, and I, I think of, I don't know why it's coming to mind, just like it's something that they they feel somewhat connected, I, I think too, uh, in a sense. 
even though like sometimes we have to learn about things we don't really care about sometimes however <laughs> but when it's you know when I hear authentic learning I just think that like like you're you're owning it like it's it's like you're owning the process how how you learn it um you're learning it in your your authentic way so um that may look different for each student right so once you really understand how to help them grasp information like you have to make the learning authentic for them so that it can reach them um because everyone learns different just like you know we all have all different learning styles so for for them meet my authentic may be different from your authentic so i just i just view it as you know like how do they prefer to kind of um grasp or really understand the information that you're giving to them wow that's very well said i love that how can how can one of your books help parents and other educators, um, other educators as well, to also create their authentic learning experiences when they're working with children? Because I know that you are an author, and I know you have a couple of books out there. So let's talk a little bit about those. Let's talk a little bit about some of your books and how can we use those books to really. Um, create these great experiences with our children definitely um i'll share two in particular my very first book which um did very well uh, a lot of educators parents and even people outside of education were were in love with it and were impacted by it and the title of that book is called reaching while teaching an educator's guide to impacting and transforming lives and that book specifically, we touch on a lot of different things. We we touch on, um, I can think of one strategy in particular that I shared, which is like really getting to know the students. So if it's if you're an educator listening, if you're a parent listening, really getting to know them, um, because I find it that people are more receptive to learning from you if if they like you right so so getting to know them like figuring out their likes their dislikes you know um understanding that even though you know the students or your child may have some weaknesses it, it can still be used as a strength you know it, it's your job to figure out how can you make that a strength how can you help them you know um take pride in that and, and just really just different strategies as well but I think those stood out to me the most because like active doing activities with with the kids to help them see like you know oh this this teacher or this parent you know they they actually care about me as a person so I'm always in the beginning of the year middle of the year whatnot always doing like activities where you're asking like questions to figure out like what what are some of their hobbies what are some of the things they like to do and then like remembering those things not just asking because you're like oh let me check off a box I did it cool but like remembering those things and seeing how can you infuse that somewhat during the school year infuse that into your lessons infuse that into um, when you're speaking when you're even giving examples when teaching concepts oh yeah and you know like how Billy likes he likes to play football. He likes, you know, and you include that into what you're doing. It really makes them feel seen. And um, it's a great approach to, you know, to have that authentic learning as well. So those are just some of the strategies um, that I definitely teach in that in that book and the recent one to teach or not to teach which is a collaboration book of educators sharing stories and tips on the controversial topic of, you know, whether to stay in the classroom or leave the classroom. And we have educators that share their strategies as well and what helped them 
and how, you know, they were able to impact their students. So I feel like those two are the the best resources. And it's it's like, it's practical. I'm big on practicality. I don't like to just like <laughs> talk and do it all in a circle. And you know, some people, they talk all around the world. It's like, wait, what did you just say? I like to give like <laughs> practical things. Like, so you're going to see a lot of like bullet points. Try this, do this and quick explanations and not like a long drawn out thing where you're like, what did I just read? <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool I love that um so four books right or, or is it four is it more than four books that you've had so I have four books published two are educational based one is a children's book for my daughter called Chanel's World and the other is a book for business owners um freedom over fear about financial freedom um and we're working on our I'm working on my fifth book um, which is to teach or not to teach again, but it's part two and it's called the classroom CEO. <laughs> wow. How did you get started with that being an author? You know, that must've been a journey, right? Ah, yeah, definitely. It, it was a journey. And I think that's why I grew to, to love helping others on this journey. Cause I realized, Ooh, if you're trying to do this by yourself, you're trying to have all these late nights on Google searching things up. Okay, how I got to format the book? What's next? What's the next step? And sometimes Google misses out some steps. So it's, I always recommend whenever you're embarking on a new journey or something else that you're passionate about and you really want it to succeed, go ahead and connect with someone that has done it before, um, okay. you know, because that can help you become successful in it. But the journey was, it was, it took me, I think because I took breaks to, it took me about two years from when I felt like God gave me the vision to do it. And then like I started kind of building a brand around it with the title Reaching While Teaching before I just dropped the book. And which is a strategy I teach to my authors. Like you, you want people to kind of know who you are. Don't just come out of nowhere like, hey, y'all, I got this book. Um, so I think for me, um, I, during those two years, the writing process was kind of like, uh, I was like, okay, I realized I needed help. So then I got a mentor, I think after like a year and kind of guided me on some of the things I needed to do. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. So a lot of aha moments, but the process was um, once I kind of got some assistance, the process kind of became like, oh, I could do this. And once I did it, I was like, wow. And other people were like, oh, you did it. Help me. So yeah, it was a journey, but I definitely loved it. And, you know, since then, yeah, since, what was it, 20, 2020? So yeah, since in the past three years, yeah, I've been able to, you know, birth four and, you know, we're on our fifth one now. Wonderful. So I've heard a lot of people, you know, say that the publishing piece is probably like their most difficult times uh, when being an author. Was that similar for you or... Was it just mainly the writing portion? I think for me, because I'm a perfectionist, it probably was the <laughs> probably was the writing portion because I wanted okay. to make sure it was perfect. And I, I still had uh, probably until this year, I deleted it. But I had in my calendar for the longest finish chapter five, finish chapter five every day. Oh, so we'll go up at 8 a.m., finish chapter five. I'm just like, why would I finish? So for the longest, it was just like the last chapter. And I think it was that fear like, okay, it's about to be real. Once it's done, now I got to move on to the next step. Um, The publishing part wasn't too hard. Um, It can be, um, for example, when you're preparing your book to make sure like it's in the right format, it's, it's edited, it's the right size. That became a little annoying. 
Um, but you know, it was an easy fix once I figured out what needed to fix. But yeah, um, I think for some people though, the, the hardest part is the publishing and then the marketing. Some people don't really know how to sell their books. That's why their books stay in closets and you know, they just got a bunch of copies that they can't yeah. sell. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so true. There's a lot. I just uh, recently started noticing like there's a lot of really good authors and playwrights um, who wrote books, but they like those books ended up being released and selling really well, very much so after they had like passed on. Um, I think one of them was uh, Zora Neale Hurston mm. that I had looked at some of her, some of the things that she had wrote and when she was living, it was horrible, <laughs> you know, she didn't make any money. But then when she passed on, maybe I think they said like maybe 10 years or so after she had passed, like it just started to sell. So wow. I totally, yeah, I totally get what you're, what you're saying there. Um, I guess it might have something to do too with like what she might've wrote about. Cause I think a lot of her stuff was like folklore and things like that. Yeah, so, the audience. Yeah, probably find yes. her, her audience who who really yeah. needs it. But that's the good thing about a book. Like it's a it's a generational product. So your family, your heirs could be making money from it even after you're gone. So I always push people. I'm like, when, when are you gonna write that book? <laughs> yes. That's so wonderful. Also, thank you so much for explaining that. And it's very important for future authors to definitely know that. Wow, cool. So you are also a children's author. Where can we find uh, your books? Where can we find all of them? Yes. Yeah, so, um, so something about me is for those who are listening. Since I'm an author coach, I like to I like to help people be profitable and impactful. So, of course, we can always lead people to Amazon. In case you're like, well, I just want to get it on Amazon. That's perfectly fine. Um, it will be under my. I have an author account, Shanine Alacia Young. You'll see all of the books on there, and I'll make sure. Um, I'll send you the links as well so you can post it and they can check out which one they like. And you can actually get it personally from me if you like a signed copy. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm big on showing you how to not just write the book and publish the book, but how you can sell the book and make the most profit. So when you sell it on your own site, you, you know, you you make more profit and then you get that connection with the author and you get the connection with your readers. So yeah, it's either on Amazon or on my personal site, shaninalacia.com. All my books will be there. My daughter's books, my books. Um, so yeah, so whatever you're like, oh, I want a children's book. Chanel's World is the perfect book to help children celebrate their differences. That's what the whole book is about. So celebrating what makes you different. My daughter had severe food allergies growing up. She's still dealing with some of them. She probably has about 20, 20 different type of food allergies. So you'll be surprised if you ask me like, she can't eat that, you know, she can't eat it. So um, yeah, we made a book talking a little bit about that and talking about some of the things she enjoys and how, you know, all children, they're unique, they're different, but we have to help them celebrate that and not feel ashamed of that. That's good. That's so awesome. Do you offer coaching sessions for, uh, I want to say children's authors? Cause you know, you have children that want to write their books too. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm actually helping um, 
two two right now in particular helping them with their and that's that's a big thing on generational wealth i i always encourage yes get that book done for your kid yes that's another stream <laughs> another stream of income and helping them really just because it, it's an amazing thing when my daughter was able to come to the schools with me and do the readings of her own book like wow it was like i can't believe this like it's amazing so i do help parents um that are interested you know in that um I do have a free training on my website, um, bookstoimpact.com, where you can learn three things that you should do before publishing your book. And then from there, if you're like, oh, I like her style, how she teaches, what she does. And if you want to schedule a free call with me to kind of see how we can work together, that's something I recommend as well. You sound like you are such an awesome coach to work with and just to be around. And I'm sure that everyone who has been able to engage with you has absolutely learned something. So that leads me to the idea of really feeling that you yourself must be a lifelong learner. Because there seems, because just from your energy, just speaking with you today, I just feel like there's so, so many things that you can do you know and I think it goes it's going to go beyond simply just education and simply just being an author Uh, there's other things I feel like you'll probably find yourself dabbling with (laughs) within the next couple years what does it mean to you to be a lifelong learner Yes, definitely. Um, I, I feel like I'm always I'm always willing to learn. I feel like um, our, I'm big on the fact that our gifts will make room for, for us. And every season is different. So right now, this might just need to be what I focus on right now. But definitely, I agree with what you just said. I feel like I will be dabbling into some more things because in my yeah. past, I did. In my past, there was other things I did before doing this. So it's like, you know, different seasons. But definitely being a lifelong learner, I'm always willing to um try new things and, and and being open to like new experiences I think that's what it really means for me to be a lifelong learner not not saying well I'm only good at this that's it no like having that growth mindset I think is really huge and um yeah I would encourage everyone <laughs> to be lifelong learners because you never know you try something out and you're like oh I actually like this right and then you can go really yes. far with it mm-hmm. wow so we usually like to ask a really fun question on the podcast, and that is our decades question. And um, basically, in a nutshell, is there any particular song, film, or maybe a television sitcom that you feel is a reflection of where you are, you know, as it relates to education or maybe just as it relates to parenting with your daughter? Hmm. <laughs> that's a hard one um show maybe huh, parenting probably um either full house or family matters I don't know because I feel like we're me and her dad like we're always <laughs> having to like like we're always laughing because it's like why do you do that she'll do something crazy but it's like okay we always have to like sit down and like have you know on those shows they have those heart to heart yes <laughs> moments yes. and it's like pause it's like what was the big lesson so like we're always having to like sit her down and just like okay so this is why you shouldn't do this or this this can happen when this and then she's just like oh I didn't know that 
So <laughs> a lot, it's been a lot of those moments recently. So probably um, either one of those shows, to be honest, either Full House or Family Matters, probably a reflection of, you know, just our parenting right now. <laughs> That's awesome. Those are both great shows, great choices <laughs> to pick from. For us, I think I would say 227, um, only because my son can identify with being the only child, that only child thing. Uh, that Regina King has and I would say um, also maybe because like he's growing up and he's trying to you know venture out and get into his own thing and I think for her particular character on that show that was kind of how she was she listened to her, her parents very much so but she was always interested in trying to expand and be a teen and do teen things mm. so, I would say 227 for us but just the opposite because you know the gender <laughs> what where is that show on because I've never heard of it <laughs> Oh, so it's an old show. It's from, ooh, is that the 80s? Um, it's from the 80s, and they were based in D.C. If you have, like, Netflix or Prime, mm -hmm. I can probably watch it. Um, Marla Gibbs plays the mom. And that mm -hmm. was on the Jeffersons. She played the housekeeper oh. on the um, So, yeah. So after uh, she did well with the Jeffersons, I, I think they just kind of decided to give her own show. And uh, she came up, they came up with 227. So you have her and you have Regina King on that show. Oh. And I think uh, Contest Vaughn has a small role um, at one point. And um, Jack A. Harry, who played, she plays Sandra on that show. Um, so that was a, a breakout role for her before Sister Sister. Mm -hmm. as well. Oh, I gotta check that out. Okay, yeah. to watch. <laughs> yeah, so I want to say that's eighties. Uh, I feel yeah, I feel like that's like the eighties because I think Jefferson's were like it was like the seventies. Mm -hmm. So I want to say that's the eighties. Um, they I think they had maybe like five or six seasons or something like that. But I think it's a good family show. Has a lot of good family values. And, um, yeah, you know, we've watched it. <laughs> I usually like to, to let my son watch a lot of the older shows, if you will, from previous decades, just because there's not a lot of good quality content anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. oh, it's yeah. very questionable, and you have to be mindful about what you're presenting and putting in front of your child. And, you know, speaking to the authentic learning piece that we were talking about earlier, and being intentional, right? I'm, I'm very intentional with uh, what he is watching and what he's hearing as far as music and, and what he's seeing, um, just based off of like, you know, our own family values and things of that nature. But also just, you know, the type of person I want him to grow up to be as a, an adult man in the world. I don't want him to have a lot of toxic, uh, you know, or bad behavior and all those things going on and mm -hmm. have to grow to be a man who's apologetic a lot about what he does. And I really want him to be more uh, firm in his belief and understanding of who he is, you know, who God is um, and how he should represent himself in the world. Yes, so. I love that. Same here. Yeah. We're very intentional. Like, we don't even allow her to watch Netflix because that's not Netflix. Um, <laughs> yeah. YouTube. For sure, no YouTube, because we're just like, yeah. you start moving, you start flicking, and you see something crazy. It's like, that's not what we left yes. you on. Yeah, so I understand we have to be intentional as parents. It's like, mm. Yes. So there's, I know there's YouTube kids, which a lot of people say, um, 
they think is pretty good for their kids. And I know for, um, I don't know necessarily for Netflix. I, I feel like I have seen some people have like a specific um, setup with Netflix where their kids can only watch just like kids shows. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure, but we have Prime. And so he can only watch specific things um, unless he logs into my account. And then, you know, um, then you see everything, right? But again, I'm really specific. Um, me, I'm an, I was born in 1990, so I'm a 90s kid anyway. So, hey, I like those, yeah, so I like all of those old shows. You know, I don't literally, like, we have a television. We're actually about to throw one of them away. <laughs> we literally do not watch anything of current decade <laughs> like nothing um so i'm really one of those let's watch the cosby's let's watch 227 let's watch the jeffersons all of that mm-hmm. i yeah. love it i love it <laughs> Just share any information of where our listeners can contact you, you know, because, again, I know you're coaching and you are offering a lot of really good quality services for those that are interested in being either authors, children authors, um, as well as maybe even some teaching advice, right? Because I feel like you can do some coaching even with the teachers that are still, you know, teaching in public schools and all Mm -hmm. those good things. Where can they find you? Yes, definitely. So for one, you guys can connect with me on Instagram at Reaching While Teaching. So at Reaching While Teaching on Instagram, you can feel free to give me a follow, send me a message. Hey, I heard you on the podcast. Um, Very um, approachable. I love um, connecting with people. You can send me a message. I don't mind. Um, So yeah, you can connect with me there. If you are an educator and you you love education, you're passionate, you want to be involved with a lot of things that we have going on here, um, you can go to um to teach or not to teach.org and you can kind of learn a little bit more about what we do um we do have another conference coming up and we are right now actually looking for educational ambassadors for um for our vision and what we're doing and yeah and you'll get a chance to actually share your expertise share some encouraging words inside of our new book that we're dropping um, um in the next two months so i'm excited for that Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. So I, I love to give teachers um, their space, especially if they're trying to build their brand, their voice. They have something to say. Um, I always try to make sure there's an opportunity for that. So, yeah, so they get a chance to be inside of, um, you know, our book. They, you get a page. You also get a page where you can share about your business or your brand or whatnot if you have that. Or you just want to share about you and who you are, then that's perfectly fine as well. But just giving some encouragement to the educators that do get a copy of the book. Um, and yeah, and you already know I'm. I can help you if you're ready to do your own book. Just go ahead and go to books, <laughs> books2impact.com. So books and the number two impact.com. Watch that free video and schedule a call. And I'd love to hear from you guys. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I learned so much from you. And I am so happy to have had you on today. I definitely would love to follow up with you um, and see how things are going in a couple of months. And I'm sure you're probably going to have a fifth bestseller. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So I am definitely going to be awaiting that um, to hear all the good news about that as well. Listeners, thank you for listening. And make sure you connect with Mrs. Young 
at all of her social media handles as well at her website. Get some coaching, guys. I know you guys have an amazing story to tell. Let us know your story. Get some coaching for her from her. Become a great author like her and connect with her and learn so much from her and her family. Make sure you continue to listen to this podcast right here on Google, Spotify, and Apple. Until next time. Hey, friends. So did you enjoy today's show? I know I sure did. Go ahead right now and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Google. And make sure you tell a friend.